Well, the theme is thankfulness. So before I do anything else, can I draw your attention to the inside page of the notices where it says in a very short sentence, Dave and Dee would really like to express their deep gratitude for the great uh, gift that was raised for them a few weeks ago. That was fantastic, you know. We knew nothing about it, and we looked at what you gave us. We just went, whoa. So we're really, really thankful, grateful. Thank you. Um, and if I go on, it'll get slushy. So, <laughs> This question of thankfulness could be quite twee, couldn't it? Um, because when we bring our children up, or perhaps you didn't do this, but we got these magic words. Um, what is the magic word is please. I had to t- point out to my granddaughter recently that please is not a magic word, even if she says it 7,000 times for something she shouldn't have. And then there's thank you, which is a kind of, um, a kind of sort of smash you if you don't do it kind of word. I'm, um, I'm not going to, you're not going to have any more sweets until you've written that thank you letter to grandma. And so we find that, that actually thank you is a sort of, it's very British to say thank you. But it's not always very sincere. And the sincerity of thank you comes from a heart which is genuinely grateful and thankful. And uh, if we are filled with the Spirit, then thankfulness is poured into us. More of that in a moment. It struck me that thankfulness could be twee in another way, because we say, oh, we're just going to talk about saying thank you. But the first references, which I checked up, and you need to know that I used, I used my um, concordance for this, and I, it's a concordance that's got Hebrew words, which I don't really understand, and Greek words, which I barely understand. Okay? And there are some Hebrew words which mean, frankly, thank you. For those of you who know Hebrew, I've just concentrated on the words in the family yada. I, don't, I hope I've said it right. Uh, because these words mean thank you, but they can also be translated praise and confess. In other words, when my daughter came round to see us the other week, uh, last week, and we had just received your gift, the first thing we did was say, look, look what the church have done for us. That was a thank you. It was the thank you which is so grateful that it says, look, I want you to know what these people have done. So thank you is sometimes expressed as praise and sometimes expressed as confession, confession of what God has done. Okay? That's the Hebrew word. There's a Greek word in the family of Eucharisteo, which you will understand from Eucharist, good grace, and it means thankfulness. And I just concentrated on those words. And the thing that blew me away when we talk about whether thankfulness is twee was the first ones I looked at. Because the first ones I looked at were in Daniel. And uh, Daniel is giving thanks to God for giving him a great revelation. Daniel 2, 23. You don't have to look all these up if you don't want to. I've got all the references afterwards. 
He says, I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. Now you say, okay, so this is extraordinary. So he's been in bed at night and God has spoken to him and revealed to him the meaning of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. King Nebuchadnezzar, well, Stalin of his day. And he has had this terrible dream and he's told all his counsellors, if you don't give me the right answer, don't give me the answer, I'm going to kill you. And Daniel has actually walked in to the Stalin of his day, it's in the previous chapter, and said, O king, um, if you will give me a bit of time, I will ask God and he will show me. So when we find him in chapter 2, giving thanks that God did show him, it's because it was daring do faith, wasn't it? He walked into the lion's den and in the name of his God proclaimed that God is able to do this thing. So this wasn't a twee thing. This was the result of extreme, awesome bravery and confidence in God. And I suspect that a good many people would have a lot more to give thanks for if they had that daring do spirit in putting God to the test. Stepping out on the edge, trusting God to be who he said he is, to do what he says he does, we'd have a lot more to give thanks for. Thankfulness is not necessarily a twee thing. And I looked through this and I found that uh, there were David, Psalm 18, a fantastic psalm of praise. But you then look through that psalm. Why is he giving such praise and thankfulness to God? It's because God has saved him from his enemies, because God has helped him to climb a wall, God has helped him to do all these crazy things, because David has stepped out in the name of the Lord and he's put himself in the place where he can be shot at, but this is where God put him. And he hasn't held back, but he has relied upon God. And this psalm, Psalm 18, try it for yourself sometime. It's just awesome, full of praise. Then we come to Eucharist. And to me, this is the most extraordinary element of thanks in the whole of Scripture. Because we have Jesus Christ standing at a table celebrating a feast they've celebrated for a couple of thousand years ever since Israel came out of Egypt and and God brought them out with a mighty hand and they're celebrating the event of the angel of death passing over and they were safe because they were covered by the blood of a sacrificed lamb and they're celebrating this and Jesus knows there's a new significance to this tonight the new significance is the blood of the of the animal Tonight becomes the blood of the Son of God. His blood is going to be poured out in this kind of way. And this is, this is a death he really would prefer not to die because if it were possible, he would like this cup to pass from him. But he gives thanks. He takes the cup and in the age-old words, 
He gives thanks to God for this cup and passes it around and says, this is my blood which is poured out for you. Now that is extraordinary sacrifice. That's a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise, isn't it? And amazing courage. And that's the courage that brings us now to this place, worshipping a God who has forgiven our sins, cleansed us from our unrighteousnesses, put us right little by little by his word, and he's still doing it, has filled our hearts with his Holy Spirit, has given us a hope of eternal life, has got it all ready and waiting for us for the last day, who's got angels doing his business helping us, who has promised to be with us and is with us always. If Christ hadn't done that and gave thanks for it, where would you be now? Where would I be? And all that was done in a spirit of thankfulness. There are some wonderful passages in the scripture full of thankfulness. Here's one of them. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because in his great mercy he's given us a new and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's also given us an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. And where is this inheritance? It's kept in heaven for you. And how do you know you'll get it? Because you through faith, are shielded by God's power. And that until the coming of the salvation, which is ready to be revealed. Isn't that fantastic? Every heart has something to say hallelujah for. Every heart has something to say thank you for. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Where would I be in this world without you? Where would my hopes be if it weren't for you? We're not a hopeless people. We're a people who have got awesome hope. Because it doesn't matter what the world throws at us, it cannot take it away from us. Do you know there was a man called Richard Vormbrandt, you may have heard of him. He was in solitary confinement on and off for 14 years in Romania. And in the end they had to let him go because, do you know, it didn't matter whether they tortured him in fridges or tortured him in heat chambers. It didn't matter whether they beat him or told him lies about his family. Over all that time it didn't matter that they had reduced him to, to, um, to a gibbering wreck. At times they could not take the faith that was in his heart planted by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? You have that same faith planted in you. By the Holy Spirit. Nothing that this world can throw at us can, if we trust God, actually take that away from us. So much to give thanks for. Thank you, God. An absolute security in Christ is what we have through his death and resurrection. So much to give thanks for. Now, I noticed, and it surprised me to begin with, that um, thankfulness is absolutely shot through the whole of the Old Testament rule of worship. In fact, David set up a group of Levites, a bunch of people who were actually set aside for spiritual mission. He sent aside a bunch of Levites who were 
every morning and every evening, and whenever a burnt offering was offered up, they were to sing praises to God. It was their ministry. Drop up thankfulness to God. Offer up thankfulness to God. And Solomon continued this. These guys were singing when the new temple was opened up. And then succeeding generations kept this part of their cultus. And then because Israel had sort of reneged on God and then sort of given up on their faithfulness and all the rest of it, they were for a period of time sent away into exile, as you know, into Babylon. But when they returned, Ezra and Nehemiah reinstituted this group of people who were there to give thanks because thankfulness is an essential part of the worship of God. There is never a time when we cannot be thankful to him. My body wasn't feeling so good today. It's feeling a bit more enlivened at the moment. But when I got up this morning, I just wanted to groan and grunch. But even then, when I thought about my body, I thought, what an amazing piece of machinery it is. How extraordinary, even even the smallest, even the most delicate functions that you don't want to talk about. I discovered this week, because my daughter is doing a nursing degree, I discovered even those delicate functions you don't want to talk about are extremely complex and clever. And you just want to say, God, how is it, excuse me, that my we holds in and then is released in this kind of way because you placed everything in such a way. There are so many things just in this failing old body to turn around and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, thank you. So from the smallest things to the greatest things of our salvation, there's always cause for giving thanks to God. And when we don't do it, we need to repent. I've come in here a couple of times and been grumbly. I was, I was properly rebuked by a member of this congregation on the first time, and the person was right to do it and put me right. And the second time was a couple of weeks ago when I just came in grumpy. And I expressed my grumpiness to one or two people who were helping in the, in the group, and it didn't help them. And I had to repent of it out there when we prayed. Uh, Because it's not good. You see, thankfulness is part of our spirituality. And I learnt this before I was a Christian. When I got on a bus, a London bus going to work, it was a double-decker, and it was in the days when you had a driver and a a conductor. And uh, I got on the bus, and he was a chirpy cockney, this conductor, and he was running up and down stairs. He was in a lively mood that day. He was telling jokes, and everybody was so happy, and they were laughing at him, and it was just a happy bus. But I was not a happy bunny. I'd got to bed late. My plans hadn't worked out right. I had to go to flipping work. I was late anyway. I felt lousy. I still had a hangover. And when this bus conductor came up to me, I growled at him. And he tried to sort of throw it off, but I growled at him again. And I realised about three stops later that his chirpiness had gone and he was growling and he was miserable and it wasn't a happy bus anymore. And I think I was to blame. Now when we come along and we express thankfulness 
it is a spiritual thing which enlightens and helps other people as well. Um, because there's a lot more to the spiritual world than just spirits flying around in the ether. Attitude, atmosphere of the human spirit and the infusion of the Holy Spirit through our joy and thankfulness and attitude. So, thankfulness was part of the Old Testament cultus. But I noticed, too, that it's fully a part of what Paul calls us. Uh, in Thessalonians, writing to the thankful, to the, the Thessalonians, writing to the thankfulness, yeah, he says this, 5.18. You will know it because it's a scary one. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. That is a plural you, as he writes it. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. Then again in Ephesians, he puts it in, a, in another way. Can't find that one, so I shall go on to Colossians. Colossians 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever you do, which means wherever you are, it also means whoever you're with, and whatever your circumstances, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Now there's a similar verse somewhere in Hebrews, uh, in um, Ephesus, Ephesians. And the interesting thing about this is that the letter to the Thessalonians is one of Paul's earliest letters. The letter to the Ephesians is one of his latest letters. From beginning to end, Paul's heart tells us exactly the same thing. To be of a humble and of a thankful spirit. And that is quite something if you consider all the things that in the meantime Paul himself had been through between the Thessalonians and the, uh, and the Ephesians. He says in one place, I have worked harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Imagine that, I can't just having 40 lashes across your back by somebody who probably delights to give you the lashes. And he stops short of 40 out of mercy. And to have that five times from the Jews because he preaches Christ. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly in the, on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. And he goes on. Now then, through all these troubles and difficulties, he is still saying... Give thanks to God in all circumstances. 
which is the will of God for you. Now this is partly down to attitude. And um, I heard a story which Chris is willing to share with us. Chris doesn't like being up front, so I'm going to give her this mic and go halfway down to her. Um, But it's a story about attitude. Um, I felt recently that God was talking to me about being grateful as well. And um, three weekends ago, we went away to the Cotswolds with some friends. Um, I gave these friends a choice of three cottages to choose from, and they didn't choose the one I wanted, but anyway. And then when we got there, um, Pete started feeling rough on the, the Friday night. Got a head cold coming on. And by the time we went to bed, he laid down and he couldn't breathe at all. And um, so he just went downstairs and sat up all night um, just so that he could breathe. And then come Saturday morning, he said, I just feel lousy, I want to go home. And I thought, oh, great weekend this is going to (laughs) be. It's a place I didn't want to come to, but it was fine. And Pete's not feeling well, and the weather forecast wasn't very good either. Um, So, but I thought, well, God's been talking to me about being grateful. So I'm going to be grateful and make the most of this situation. And I said to my friend Carolyn, come on, we need to make the most of this. And um, so I, uh, I went out to the chemist and I got some stuff for Pete and I made him garlic soup, a whole bulb of garlic, and um, decided that, that I was going to enjoy this weekend. And, um, and it was amazing because by the end of Saturday, Pete was breathing freely, the soup had worked, and um, my attitude towards it Um, just seemed to be pivotal in that instead of thinking, oh, this is a rubbish weekend, it's a waste of time, um, we actually turned out to have a great time. And uh, it was really a lesson to me that that my attitude towards things can be pivotal in either making it enjoyable or causing the whole thing to be miserable. Um, But that's just a small thing. But I'd like to mention as well that I I met someone the other day. Um, I took this person to a hospital appointment in, in Bath. It was someone I knew years ago, and uh, a friend of mine asked if I could do this for her. And she's a, a single lady who, who had moved to Bath in the last year and in the last month or so had, uh, was diagnosed with lymphoma, and she needed to go to a hospital appointment. So I, t- I went over, and I, and I took her, and I was just so impressed with her because she was in a situation that really could have caused her to be pretty depressed. She was a single lady living in a very small room. I I was amazed when I went to pick her up. I went up 40 steps to get to her, the room that she she was living in. And it was about eight foot square probably. And um, this was not only her bedroom but her lounge as well, her living space. But I said, oh, this is small, isn't it? But she said, she was just so grateful for it. She said, but it's warm. My last place, wasn't it, she said, and it's got a lovely view. And she was just so grateful for being there. And the fact that she had 40 steps to go up as well, and recently she'd had, twice had, over a litre of fluid drained from her lungs, which had, you know, obviously made her very breathless. But I took her to the hospital appointment too, and... Again, she didn't at all complain about the fact that the consultant she was seeing spent more time trying to work out how to get around the computer than actually talking about her condition. 
she just brushed it off. And um, by the end of the day, I just felt so privileged to be with someone who was so thankful in, in such a tough situation. Um, but it was quite humbling and a real privilege. Two practical examples of attitude. There is a psalm, Psalm 100, so attitude, I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer me. I'd be presumptuous. Psalm 100 says this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Now what I didn't tell you was that the Levites got their musicians after a while and stood at the gates of the temple to sing their songs as people came in. Perhaps we should get our music group to stand at the gates of the church on a Sunday and sing songs of thankfulness as we all come in. Because the question I want to ask you is, did you enter the gates with thankfulness today? I've got kids. I was with them when they grew up. I know how difficult it is to get them out of the house, out of bed, in the car, stop grumbling. Stop grumbling, we're going to church. I've experienced days when I've been out at work all week and I come in and I've just um, absolutely loaded down with the stuff from the week. It just seems that it's been crushed out of me. Don't really want to go to church. I'd rather stay in bed. You all know those stuff. But the scripture encourages to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Maybe we ought to do what old-fashioned Christians used to talk about quite a lot, preparing our hearts before we arrive. Hey? So that we walk in and our hearts are prepared to give thanks to God. And it happens before we are halfway through the service, if ever. Because we're here to worship the King of Kings, who is Lord of Lords, who is here and waiting for us whose blood has cleansed us from our sins, whose Holy Spirit fills us. We're here to give him his worth and to honour him and not just to tell him how great he is but receive from him the greatness of his grace and might. Do you know those people are burdened down? He wants to give them rest. He really does. Come to me, all you who are burdened down like that, he said. I'll give you rest. So perhaps we need to become with a prepared heart. Walk through the door with thankfulness. In two minutes I'm going to finish. I also have a list here of things which prevent us from being thankful. I'm going to mention the list and if you want to talk about any of them afterwards, feel free. If it niggles you during the week, then come and talk to me next week. 
If it gets deep down into your gut over the next couple of weeks, don't hang back. Let's talk about these things. Okay? Because among the things that keep us and hold us back from thankfulness, probably number one on the list is guilt. I am astonished how many Christians who know the word grace don't understand how it works in their hearts who are still trying to prove themselves, pay God back. I'm amazed at how many people, even amongst Christians, find that the ought and must and do words rule their lives. Freely you have received. Grace is lavished on you. You're not guilty. Okay, so you sinned last week. But don't you realize when you first believed, you believed on a Savior who'd already died for all your sins? It doesn't justify you in sinning next week because you know that. But okay, so you got it wrong last week, but he's already, he's already been crucified for that sin. And when he accepted you, he accepted you as you are forever. You're forgiven. Isn't that awesome? Fearful faith. Like that man Paul showed us last week who was hanging on to the hanging on to the the beam, doing his Olympic exercises, but he wasn't, he was just hanging on for grim life, and then jumped off and lifted up his hands and expected the judge to give him ten. You know? Timorous faith. Of course we never see God at work. We've got nothing to give him thanks for. I wrote an article for a magazine and sent it off this week and the editor sent back, my word, you have had some adventures. Um, Nothing like that ever happens to me. I guess that sitting in a journalist's office is not conducive to adventures. (laughs) Taking things for granted, I suspect that our culture, and we are part of it, may be really steeped in this, taking things for granted. And I don't know whether this completely pans out, but I want to suggest that it's not far off arrogance. And arrogance is something God hates. And that when we just take things for granted because, well, it's just what I deserve. It's my rights. It's because... Well, look at us, our education, we ought to have that. And thankfulness flies out the window. We're just taking it for granted. And self-righteousness. There was a parable which Jesus told about a Pharisee and a publican, you remember? And the Pharisee stood up in the temple and put out his chest, I thank you so much, God, that I'm not like other men. I tithe, I do this, I do that. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not like this man. Whereas the other man, the publican, fell down on his knees and would not so much as lift up his face to heaven. And he beat upon his breast and cried out, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And Jesus says, He is the man who went home justified. 
So consider the reasons why we may not give thanks. And I'm going to finish with a passage of scripture from Titus, which one's my personal favorite. One of my personal favorites. Because it speaks for me, but also for all of us. It's just a great thanks to God. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient. We were deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having eternal hope. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Amen.